Hey, Odie Clouders, Angela Mendoza here, and thank you again for listening to the Odie Cloud NetSuite Community Podcast. Today, Ahadarain, Osariyamu, and Derek Brown tackle the questions surrounding the hesitancy of jumping full-time into freelancing. They also talk about the pros and cons of working with a NetSuite partner and all the steps that Odie Cloud is continuing to take in order to make that freelancing lifestyle all that better for you. We hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. We actually had a discussion recently, um, Derek, where we had, you know, we have uh, people from both ends of the spectrum. We have people on our platform um, that have taken a leap of faith and either were already doing freelancing or decided to take the leap, right? And come over to freelancing, initially being unsure of what it would entail, what some of the challenges would be. Um, but then you've got the other side. You've got people that prefer having uh, that peace of mind and steady income. You know, maybe they have uh, different priorities um, and they just need that uh, a stable, steady income. So, yeah. um, you know, you're one of the individuals that have also experienced both sides. In this case, uh, this individual felt that you know, those benefits, you know, that there's basically no freelance platform right now that provides that high level of stability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're trying to do here at Odi Cloud. But what are your thoughts um, on that? You know, what, what, what about you when you went through that? What were some of the concerns you had, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And what was your thought process that helped you make that decision? Yeah, I think yeah. I had, before we get into the, that subject, do you want to just maybe sure. just give a quick introduction to the subject so Angelo can, has, can have a little bit more of uh, Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Edit. Yeah, because we cannot, we cannot start the recording in the middle of it. But I think what you just said, we just kind of just kick off by saying, okay, here is the topic we think of discussing, and then we can just take it from there. Yeah, yeah. So the topic that we're thinking about discussing are concerns, uh, you know, pertaining to both sides, benefits, benefits of working with a NetSuite partner versus uh, the benefits of freelancing. And I mean, pros and cons of each, right? And then what is it that um, makes it easier for you to go from one to the other, right? Because freelancing, um, anything in life, high risk, high reward, right? That's just, that's, that's the motto. And freelancing is the same way. It's pretty much managing your own uh, business, essentially. Um, and so, you know, what is it that allows you to feel more, um, it gives you more peace of mind in being able to make that, uh, that jump over to freelancing, uh, excuse me, to obtain like a higher level of um, uh, flexibility uh, and be able to generate your own leads, uh, meet with clients and have that high level of confidence. You know, it could be a number of years of experience that you have. It could be all sorts of other factors. Um, you know, everyone comes from a different walk of life. And I mm-hmm. want to see what uh, Derek's perspective is. Uh, you know, to, to kick this off and then, and then also have some, uh, you know, kind of, kind of look at both sides impartially because there are benefits and disadvantages to both, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my, my, um, my story, uh, you know, so I had like, you know, initially uh, some a client reach out to me and I started doing work with them and it was just on the side. It was just, it was just some, I had a day job and I had full-time, full-time mm-hmm. work and client knew that and they were happy with it. Um, so but then I started um, finding other people that wanted to do work with me. So I, but then, but one thing I struggled with for a while was, okay, well, I, I had a lot of customers and they it was just on demand, you know, it's just like, they kind of use me when they need me. And then, 
the you know ebbs and flows right so it goes up goes down you know and you know, so you work on different things as they as they need you um but then you know i i knew that if i was going to make this more full-time well you have to think about it as how am i going to you know how am i going to have enough um work and consulting to be able to do that like and you have to have enough customers that your services are valuable enough to them that they're going to need you uh, for different things. But I think, um, you know, and I met ODE cloud and I met OSAR, well, I met OSAR really first and I met ODE cloud through, through OSAR. Um, you, you know, when I joined in, I was like, wow, this is great. You know, like this is an avenue to get rid of that concern I had and I can, I can get on projects and I can find work through the community. Um, and then also, you know, it's not, I also had resources I could go to. I had a whole team of people behind me through Slack that I could go and ask questions to. Um, but I think for me, the initial thing was just financial stability because you, it, you know, if you switch from like working at like maybe a NetSuite partner and going on your own, when you work at a NetSuite partner, they give you work, they give you, they have their own salespeople, they go out and get customers and stuff like that. Um, when you're an independent consultant, sometimes you don't have a lot of time to go do that. Sometimes you're busy with this managing your own clients and keeping them happy and, you know, working through those things. So you have to, you have to find avenues to, to have people, you know, build relationships in your business where you find ways of getting additional work. So OD cloud was one of those partnerships that made a lot of sense, but then also I got a lot more than that. It wasn't just, um, you know, Oh, finding, finding a, a, another contract, another piece of work. I found a community people that were very helpful and um, you know, it was like almost like not expected. I, I didn't expect there to be like this great community feeling. And I really got that from the community because especially Oh, sorry. Even some of the initial calls that we had, you know, I'm like, I was just like, Hey, what about this? What about like a million questions? And you're just like, all right, here's what you got to do. Bullet Taxes, point. bank account. All yeah. That yeah. Stuff. All that normal stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> Hey, when you go, when you go start a business, you know, most people don't know that you have tax yeah. code and you, know, <laughs> you all you have is a customer that's willing to give you some work and you have a service that you're selling. I mean, that's a business, right. In the consulting world. So you have all these questions of, but I had other friends as well that were self-employed. So then I'm like asking them, Hey, what do you do for this? What do you do for that? And, um, you know, making, it, there's some legal things you have to figure out, you know, like, well, yeah. who do you go to for legal advice? Um, and there's just like some stuff you have to do in the beginning. And, you know, so a lot of those hurdles at, at first were like this, it was a hill that I had to climb over. And then once I got over the hill, I'm like, well, it's really not that bad. All I have to do is <laughs> find people that, can solve those problems for me. And then, you know, you have to make the, make the right connections. But, um, but yeah, I think the community was a godsend because I was like, okay, this is great. Like I'm able to find, um, but it, it, I also like the community too, because there wasn't um, this, um, this kind of, um, it, it was very opening. It was like, almost like you're, you're with other people that are very open to sharing knowledge. And sometimes in the corporate world, you don't always find that you get a lot of people that are uh, in their little islands or silos and they don't want to share that information. Um, and I think the NetSuite community is just so big. The NetSuite world is so big. You know, you need communities like this that are focused around just these kind of biz, these kind of customers and these kind of problems. Um, and I think that that is also, um, I hope I articulated that correctly, but you know, it's just, it was just so opening to some of those questions that I had in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think the question I can take that for myself as well because I also went through that 
that's in transition, maybe a few years before you did uh, Derek, but it was exactly the same because I think once you think of freelancing, the fears are real. And honestly, I don't think anyone can, I don't think anyone go freelancing overnight and say, okay, you know, this is great and everything. I think the fears are really actually there. Uh, one thing for myself that was tough, and this was 2015, right? So 2015, I've seen people doing contract work. So it wasn't unusual for me to see contractors, right? But you always felt like these guys, they have like 20 years plus experience with NetSuite, they've built connections with partners at these big four consulting firms. They always have something that I didn't have, right? It was like, hey, these guys, you guys work with IBM, you know, these large projects and so on. And he's doing contract, contract work. It feels like, okay, once, I, once you reach that point of having so much connection in this industry, you can feel comfortable to go freelancing or, or doing more contract work. So that was really kind of, to me, the next milestone to reach. But it was like, how long do I have to wait <laughs> to get there, right? Because again, you work, you're busy on projects. You don't have time to go to LinkedIn and reach out to people. You know, you have to just constantly have project work coming every time. And one of the things that actually pushed me to go freelancing was I was doing work for clients that I knew I could do remotely. Again, going back to remote work, this was 2015, so six years ago, right? I was being shipped by, you know, by my consulting company, basically to all these different clients and their locations. And I would be there having to log in through Citrix because I was using a different laptop than their company laptop. And all of that can be done from my home in Montreal. I was like, dude, like I'm traveling every week Monday, Thursdays, going to these remote areas of the world, of, 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 of Canada at that time. And I could take maybe in my home right now doing the exact same work. And the contractors, they had that flexibility because they didn't have to report to, you know, to Deloitte at that time. They would come in once every two or three weeks, right? Most of their work is done from their own. You know? um, and I feel like if I go freelancing, that's the kind of benefit that I would like to have. So that was for me the biggest, I would say the... Uh, biggest benefit of going freelancing. But once you decide to do that, then how do you find clients? How do you get support? Yeah. All that became like the biggest trouble I had in the first six months until I met two people that were actually freelancing. <laughs> and I said, okay, let's at least ask our questions uh, in this Slack group and see what responses we can collect from our research. Freelancing, but, uh, you know, it's not really a it's not really rocket science, right? There's, it's not like you, for each person, you have to do a different set of things to get, like there's a standardized process to get everyone set up. You know, you got to have insurance, you got to set up a corporation or whatever else uh, to make sure that, you know, you're, and have like a very um, basic invoicing tool or something like that. So you're able to track your time and, and bill and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. It does take a little more um, administrative management on your end, but realistically, in, in my opinion, it's, it's no uh, more work than you would be doing on an, an administrative basis internally working for a NetSuite partner. You know, you would, you know, if you're, if you're at a senior level, you're approving timesheets, you're doing project management type work, you're doing uh, mentoring, which is something that you would still do even after. Uh, but there, there are a lot of facets where uh, I find that if you were to switch over to freelancing and, and you, you know, some people think there's all this additional stuff, you know, accounting and so on and so forth, I got to do and meeting with clients and discussing, uh, you know, contracts and all that. But it's, it's, I mean, in, in my opinion, it's no more different. Now for someone that's more of a junior uh, level, it may seem like a lot more work, but people that are more senior in their careers are likely already doing that with a NetSuite partner yeah. where they're managing these engagements at a high level, right? Um, so at, at OD Cloud, one of the things that we've done is provided kind of like a package, like an onboarding 
that helps you tick all those boxes. So you're, excuse me, already set up when you, um, uh, you know, so, so you know what uh, you need to have and you're not kind of scrambling and trying to figure out, you know, what, what all is it that I need before I can start freelancing? You can literally uh, reach out um, to, uh, to Cloud and, and um, have all that set up. That's one of the goals that we're trying to do is make it easier for people to know what it entails to switch over to freelancing as well. Yeah, and to add to that, I had, I think one thing that we're also trying to do as a community, there are things like insurance, right? How do you yeah. get, you know, how do you get your insurance all set up as a freelancer? We do need insurance in this industry, at least errors and omissions insurance for, you know, for everyone yeah. on to do freelancing. That's kind of the basic package you need. And again, we know all of those things up front. So getting a quicker setup on that, making sure you have the tools you need you know, to kind of get your first client set up, you know, your financial stuff all down with templates for invoicing and stuff like that. That, that. Those are things that you can easily get by just chatting with people on the Slack, on, on the community. So it's, uh, it's for me things that was very difficult to imagine once I started, like what's the top 10 uh, activities I need to do before getting my first client. That's one discussion too <laughs> within the forum and you have all you need, right? So even that insurance package that we're thinking of right now, we could technically try to partner with some of these vendors and say, hey, you know, what if we bring this package to our community? Like how much discount would we, would we get as a group, right? So there are things like that, even getting discount for our accounting software using QuickBooks, how much, you know, discount could we get from QuickBooks yeah. by anyone from, um, for anyone in Odifa? But I do think, yeah, I think we build this community to make it easier to go freelancing. But as you said, I had, I think even working with Nestle Partner, you're already freelancing at some in some capacity, because if you reach the manager level, you rarely have to go back to your consulting company for anything, right? You basically on your own, you're managing your team of two or three people. If you're a good consultant, you technically just work with a client on your own directly. You don't have to report back to anyone except booking your time, right? That's the only time you have to go back on Friday and do that activity. But most of the work you do in this space can be done independently already, regardless if you're working for a partner or not. So. The time you switch is basically the same day today, right? It's exact. I mean, it's exact. It is exactly the same day today. Like you don't change the way you manage your clients because the clients are already working with you directly, not with your company, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can talk about this a little bit more. I had like you know you're working for a consulting company. Even if you leave, they will tell you, "Hey, I had. I, I was working with you. Tell me where you're going, right?" <laughs> so. Well, I, I think the problem is that so when you're at a consulting company, the way uh, it's structured is that you've got you've got your different levels of consultants, whether it's junior, senior, principal. They're doing all that, like, you know, roll up your sleeves and do the hands-on work, right? The more you get into management. Um, you still kind of have to dive into issues, but you kind of lose touch because let's say you're with, you're managing, like in, in my case, I was managing at a point like close to 12 projects. There's no way you can expect me to know everything that's going on on the ground floor on each project when I'm managing 12 projects, unless, you know, something goes wrong and there's an escalation. And now I have to dive deep and, and meet with all these consultants and figure out what's going on and then either help provide a solution or, you know, discuss a viable uh, path forward with the client uh, with the client itself right so I feel that's not an optimal client experience because you want to get ahead of that you don't want to be reactive you want to be proactive right so yep. um, the more uh, like I think what free, the freelancing structure provides more ownership at the individual level 
to manage that client relationship effectively because instead of being spread thin across like 12 projects where you're managing, managing a team of like nine or 10 consultants, each it's, it's as though imagine each con- consultant has two or three projects that they're managing. You know, they're working 40 hours a week, but they're fully responsible for that engagement. And, and you know, they can reach out to a more senior person for uh, mentorship and support, but it's easier to keep track um, when you're not, uh, you know, um, um, taking on too much under your uh, umbrella, so to speak. So I think that's a huge uh, uh, differentiating factor when you when you move over and you consider this type of approach, uh, because I couldn't find like you know, and I worked for multiple consultancies. Um, there was it, it was it was it was either that uh, you know when when we got really really busy, it became very challenging to kind of uh, make sure that every single client got the got the right amount of attention. It was usually the bigger clients, you know, the 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 heavier SOWs were higher priority. And then your smaller projects that were like, you know, uh, 60, 80 K projects, um, that three month base implementations, um, would not get that same level of, uh, attention or support. Yeah. You know, so I think that that's a, that's a major, um, differentiator. However, from a, from a freelancer standpoint, I understand that, you know, there's income stability working with a partner versus there's this concern that, you know, um, well, you know, um, what's going to, going to happen after this project ends, you know, is there going to be like, do I have to go out and search and find something else? Now, once you realize, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I get asked for contract work and uh, even full-time work all the time. I get like, excuse me, like two or three requests a day, you know? Yeah. It's not easily. So, uh, so, I mean, it's not, that's one of the reasons why I was like, there's, there's no way. I mean, there's, there's definitely a, um, I don't think that there's, uh, I do think that there's a lot of demand right now and not enough good supply. So I do think that there's supply out there, but it's still very, very challenging to find really good people as in uh, people that um, are not just good at understanding NetSuite, uh, but being able to relay business uh, requirements effectively into, um, you know, um, systematic enhancements and optimizations, but also build relationships. I think that's, that's a really important factor because they're not just, you know, signing a contract with a company or anyone else. They're looking at you as an individual, right? We have a client right now that we're working with and, and we have a great relationship and I'm um, um, uh, re- referring to uh, Cross here, um, Derek, but it, but I think the primary driving factor for how the work is going and, and the improvements that we're making is because we have such a strong relationship with them and a, and a great understanding and a high level of trust. Um, and, and that's what I, I think is a very important factor in a lot of uh, engagements. It is. Yeah. I mean, you have to, just like any other um, relationship in life, personal business, it's all built around trust, right? So in, in business, especially, people you have to th- be able to think about it more than just i'm doing a task right um i'm actually um helping that person I'm helping that company i'm helping that organization um you, you know overcome some of the challenges they have internally because some it, we've all been in this world long enough to know that um sometimes it's not just it's netsuite's just a platform right you build on it you use the system uh, but what about your business process how do you how does the organization handle change management um you know you know, I've been in tons of projects where it's like, well, the big bang, let's do all this in three months. Well, you know, it probably going to take two years or a year and a half to do all that. We could definitely set up a system to do all that stuff in, in three mm-hmm. months, but 
it's going to take some time, mainly because it's going to take your, your team some time to fully acclimate to all those changes mm-hmm. and go through that organizational change management. But, you know, um, but having those open um, conversations with your customers um, is very valuable because, you know, it shows that you're a trusted advisor to them and that you care about their, um, you care about their business, right? You care about what, what they're trying to do. Um, and you, and you, you want them to be successful, just like you, you want to be successful. Um, so, so, so really it's just, a, I always think about it as a partnership, right? I don't think about it as I'm just, I'm just trying to get some tasks to do some billable time. That's the last thing I actually think about. I think about it as how can I, they need some help. How can I help them, you know, with my perspective and my experience, what can I bring to the table to help that organization, that organization out. And if you have that mindset, it will take you, take you pretty far um, because that, um, you know, that, that's, that's really showing, that's where you build trust is you, is you um, help people really solve problems. And and, and so that also involves having uncomfortable conversations, right? Change doesn't happen by just having happy, happy path talks all the time. It changed, change happens by having difficult conversations and, working through those changes with that customer internally at that company. So yeah, you, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was actually going to ask another question, but I'll let you speak to this one first. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just want to quickly, uh, you know, going back to that, um, what you just said, Derek, you know, like building that relationship or partnership, that's one thing that's actually, that I thought about a long time ago and I, and we actually built that within the model of body cloud itself. So I know you went from one to the other. So I'm going to probably just go back to this story. So when we started working together with Derek, right? So I told him about this fixed price model, retainer model, and yep. you know how we build. We actually invented this model just to make sure we secure a little you know, good base for the freelancer. So not having to chase hours here and there. If we get a client, we already know that we're trying to build a partnership and they, have, they would need us for that long term. So during the sales call, we already try to tell them, hey, let's go on a fixed price retainer model and we can really dive into your business without being stressed about, you know, uh, time and material can be float, you know, can be very um, flexible. The way it can, can vary a lot based on, week, mm-hmm. on, on weekly allocation. But if we help you understand how much effort is needed, we can help you level out the, our, our engagement and your investment over time. So that's it. Even on the sales side, when we start telling clients, let's not do TNM but do a fixed price, it's a bit of change because they're they are used to TNM, right? But we know the value of that long-term partnership. On mm-hmm. the consultant side, it's still the same. When I spoke to you the first time, I told you about this. You said, I don't know, retainer, you know, fixed price. I know that's for me. Yeah, then yeah. Then on the TNM. So tell me why you yeah. changed your mind only after like one week <laughs> to move on to the retainer model. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I don't know, Osar. Um, <laughs> I've always done it a certain way, you know, I, you know, I, we're, we're human. I, I, everybody struggles with change. So I was like stuck on my, this is the way I've always done it kind of thing. And you, so, but you know, over, I've been, I actually really like this model because it, um, you know, here's the thing, right. When you're, when you hit a certain level of experience with anything you do, right. It doesn't matter. It's necessarily consulting any, anything, you know, you're, you're good at taxes or you're good at accountant, whatever, good lawyer. Right. Um, you know, yes, you can build time and material, but sometimes there's just a value that you can, you, you can bring into that company. And sometimes it makes sense to have more of a, um, keep, keep it simple, right? Like at the end of the day, it's all built around trust, right? 
So you have to have a really close relationship with your customer. We have open conversations about, you know, the workload and what, what's, what's going on with that workload. Cause there's going to be weeks where you have a ton going on and there's weeks where it kind of dies off a little bit. Um, but I think it, it gives you that stability though. So it's, it, you know, it's good for the consultant, but I think it's actually really good for the customer yeah. too, because yeah. as long as you have good trust and you have good consultants on your project and they know that they have to deliver value to you and get stuff done, then, yeah. you know, you will get good value out of that, of that money, that investment that you're, you're making in those services. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes people go, Oh, retainers are good for the consultants. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's, but, but if you, uh, it's also good for you too, because it also, forces the customer to go, Hey, we got this, we got a consultant. We have their allocation of time. Let's get all this stuff off our plate. Let's get this stuff done. Let's talk. To, and then the more and more you work with that consultant, you know, you got to, and then you start getting stuff done. You're like, okay, good. We're getting stuff off our plate. We're making things better. We're optimizing our system. Um, we're exploring different areas that we never even knew of before because now we're yeah. bringing up new topics. Um, so I think there's a lot of value that the client gets from that. And they, you know, you don't have to, there's no like nickel and diming going on, yeah. you know, like I don't think about it that way. I think about it as I'm just adding value to that client. And, you know, if you spend over the retainer a certain week, who cares, you know, like yeah. the next week you maybe you go a little under smooths out a little bit, but it's more of just that relationship and that, and that trust. It only works if you have good trust. So if you yeah. don't have good trust in that relationship, then it's very hard for those kind of models. Right. So it yeah. forces you to have a good, yeah. good relationship. Because what it does, I mean, there's two, two metrics that I actually try to track um, when we have this retainer model. The first one is I felt, I felt that once you transition from TNM to retainer, it doubles the engagement from the freelancer, period. Like the first time you're on TNM, yes, they engage in your project, they're getting tasks, they're getting them done. And, but once you move to a more, I would say, sustainable relationship or you move to the retainer model, the engagement they have with your business is different. Now they're joining more calls, they're talking to more people, they feel like now they're kind of part of your team, right? Because mm -hmm. they don't feel like, you know, every hour they have to work in, kind of, you know, uh, have to be tracked specifically. And at some point they don't even track time anymore. And it tends to be that they work more than the allocated time they get because they just get more involved. So that's one. The other thing that also happens that all these guys, people are trying to reach out to them every time. Right. If I'm on the customer engagement on which I'm paid TNM, that I don't know what my workload is going to be like based on what the client's going to give me on a weekly basis, and the client is never making an effort because they know I'm just going to be paid on how much time I work, so they sure. can just leave me there, and I'll just behind, I'll just be waiting for them to give me work. Then at the same time, my mind is my mind is distracted because I'm getting on all these sales calls to make sure I still kind of secure that base. So you would never get them off thinking about how do I get my base. So I don't get, I don't worry about money. But if you tell your consultant, hey, I'm gonna be getting 10 hours of you consistently on a weekly basis for the next two or three months, you already have the attention right there as opposed to them getting a few hours here and there, but they still have to keep their minds busy and to get work. So if you get, if you as a freelancer, for example, get three solid client that pays you on a retainer that covers up to 40 hours a week, and you know that's a long-term relationship, you're getting with them for six months, one year, Think of all the, you know, all the, all the things you would never have to think about. Oh, I need to close one more client. I need to make sure I get my my sales pipeline up just in case one customer drops or hourly um, CNN becomes lower in yeah. the next following week. So you, you can bring all that attention back to your three clients 
because you have that steady engagement with them on the long term. So that's what I've seen being beneficial is that we should get your clients, your consultants to be really dedicated and you committed to having those hours upfront, say it's 10 hours a week for the next two or three months. I see a higher engagement and better work done by the consultants in general. So yeah. that's, that's the model we try to push forward, but it does take some, yeah, some explanation and actually clients do get it, but they have to be three, four months in the, in the plan to see that Derek is in, you know, he's in every discussion, he's so involved, he's, he's, he's actually doing work that they, have, they really haven't planned for, but adding so much value to that business by mm-hmm. Derek thinking ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't think ahead of them if he doesn't have like a clear plan of sticking with you guys for the long, for the long term, right? Yeah, like I mean, that. consultants can add, good consultants can add more value if it, the more and more they work with that customer, because the more and more they understand your business and your nuances, um, then you know they're going to think ahead for you a little bit already because they're going to see something coming from other yeah. customers or something in the community in the platform and you know that they, they 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 should speak up and say hey this could be coming up we should think about this a little bit and any customer will love those conversations because quite frankly they're too busy they don't always have time to be looking at all those different areas and even somebody like an admin is really usually pretty busy with just maintaining the system and going through just that maintenance of the system. Um, so it's, it's important to have somebody with that outside perspective and kind of that, that neutral party that you can go to um, to kind of help, help with that change internally to push those changes forward. Yeah. And, so and, I, and, yeah, yeah. Going back to the topic of, you know, freelancing versus being a partner, just to tie this back direct to that discussion. So the reason I bring this up is that this is a hack actually to reduce the fear of freelancing, if regardless if it's with Body Cloud or not, doesn't matter. If you can get on your own with your own effort to a point when you have clients that you like working with, have that discussion with them. You're on a TNM for the past six months. Have that discussion with them. Hey, can we can we have this discussion and say let's let's move on to a fixed fixed price retainer? I know I'm always billing kind of ten hours a week or forty hours a month on average for the past twelve months. Can we just make this that's my stable number of hours. It's, it is a tough discussion, but that will help you appreciate freelancing more because now you're not just chasing you know, time and, and stuff. So if you are in, listening to this and you find freelancing tough because you always see yourself always selling, like you don't have to always sell to different people all the time. Sell to the clients you're already working for. They yeah. know you. Just give them the idea that you could have 10 hours booked with them weekly, on a weekly basis. And just let that 10 hours be a retainer and have that plan go for one year, right? Mm-hmm. And see, um, you know, I'll, I think most of them, if you're doing a good job, they would like to secure, <laughs> make sure they don't lose Derek, you know, to some other big clients coming up or some other work coming up. They want to secure yeah. that 10 hours with you for the long run. So well, you, those you are gotta, little hacks. Right? You got to remember that, like, think about it from a, from a company perspective, right? It's, in, uh, it's, it's a good thing you brought this up, uh, Ozar, because we haven't really dissected this here on, on one of our discussions. But from a client perspective, if you weren't there, they would either be paying another consultancy a similar rate or they would likely go and hire someone full time, um, which would incur more costs in terms of salary benefits and so on and so forth. And then they can't, you know, and, and, and quite frankly speaking, I mean, I, I, I remember my days working full time in a NetSuite job. There were, there were months where I was just like, you know, just, just hanging out. Like I just had <laughs> on YouTube for weeks 
And then boom, something comes up. There's a special project. And for three months, I'm busy. And then back on YouTube, you know, or doing something else. And I was like, yeah. I wasn't challenged. You know, I was challenged enough. So I started seeking out consulting opportunities because everything became, uh, you know, just too, too relaxed. And I wanted to make sure I was up to date with my skills and, and my work. Um, so, so, I mean, you know, I think it's beneficial for both you as a freelancer or as a consultant, and that, that's why a lot of people go towards consulting is because they continue working with different companies, uh, continue learning more about the product and, uh, and they stay sharp, but you can still do that and have that discussion. I, and you know, the only time where I found it's been, um, uh, you know, a little bit of an issue is because when the client doesn't know how much work or support they're going to need on their, in their, in their plan. Mm. If they're like, Oh, we only need, you know, two or three hours of how to questions here and there for like five users. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't even hit 10 hours a month type of thing. That's where, you know, it's just not a fit, you know, even then, even if you're freelancing with them, you may have them as a client, but they're barely going to send you work. Uh, and, you know, you, I mean, you may have three clients that are filling you 40 hours. They're just going to bump that 40 up to 45, you know, maybe, or 42. So it's, it's like, at that point, is it even worth, uh, you know, engaging uh, with them? It's better, it's better for that client to just stick to a TNM uh, engagement with, uh, uh, with another firm, because that's, that's, that's all the help they need. Um, where it becomes really um, key is if you're working consistently 10, 15, 20 hours a week, there's a, uh, you, you, you can go in initially, or at least what we propose is we, we usually go in TNM and just like um, evaluate the work, start providing value right away, and then provide them with, a, with an objective project plan and say, these are all the activities. These are the number of hours it's going to take. So let's take the focus off of how many hours we're billing and just start uh, getting to work. And, um, and I think that it's been, as long as you have justification and bagging and a project plan in place, we've had really, really uh, good discussions around that subject. So this is for all the listeners, you know, if you're, a, if you're trying to figure out how to navigate this discussion, you know, um, these are some of the, uh, tr uh, these are some of these strategies that we've uh, implemented to be able to um, have a, have a valuable dis discussion with some of our clients. Yeah. I think, I think for us, one thing that, uh, yeah, I do agree, like, that retainer model, yeah, is key to making freelancing more stable. Uh, you can do TNM, definitely. That's kind of the traditional way, but going towards retainer and sustainable work is one of the best approach. I think for the other thing, just to kind of bring it back to why freelancing is tough and what we've done to make it easier, the community, as Derek mentioned in the beginning, right? So getting work is great. Money coming in is great. But one of the biggest fears is that where do I go if I'm stuck, right? <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you're working for a partner, yeah, you do have a bunch of colleagues you work with. Your partner most likely has some connection with NetSuite to make a phone call, things like that. But once you start freelancing, you find yourself kind of isolated. So that's, for me, the, the second thing that, that's tough with freelancing. And it's, again, a very valid fear, you know, once you start thinking about it, like, where am I going to get support? Again, the way we kind of thought about solving that is bringing everyone together. Honestly, by the group we have right now, I've seen more, you know, solutions getting, things getting solved quicker here than you would do if you only have like sweet answers, right? Things mm -hmm. like that. So that's the second one. And I think for me, the third, that kind of is a little bit part of the second one, right? That community, crowdsourcing, getting help. It's also the camaraderie. 
honestly, I've had discussions that, you know, I was talking, let's get on the call to solve this problem. And before you know, we haven't talked about our families, our friends. <laughs> yeah. Because once you start freelancing, at some point, I mean, I was working out of a co-working space, having discussions with people you know, around the table in the kitchen area is fun. But once you start freelancing, working from home, it gets to a point where you just want to talk about the world and bitch about stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want yeah. to complain a little bit, right? So, <laughs> I, I mean, I think there I can talk about that because we've had, we've, we've had calls. I started with a client's topic for about five minutes. <laughs> I would spend two hours on the call talking about stuff. Well, it yeah, feels yeah, good. yeah. It feels I'm like good. that with everybody, though. You know, like sometimes you just... I mean, no, you know, we're not, we're not like back in college anymore where you're hanging, you know, you just go to class all day, hang out with your buds. Right. But you know, in the work world, sometimes you just need to like, you know, have those connections that you can just go, Hey, how are the kids doing? You know, whatever, whatever is on your mind, you know, you just got to have the camaraderie. Um, the funny thing, here's the thing. I want to piggyback on what you just said. Oh, sorry. Because I had, you know, obviously working at a NetSuite partner, I had connections internally that I go do for certain things, but there was certain things that I didn't have anybody to go to. Cause I like, I would be the guy, like I would be the guru of that area. And I actually found, uh, you know, I was a little worried about like going on my own and being able to have resources I go to, but I feel like now I have better resources because I actually have more people that can, um, you know, I have, I have a question, more people that maybe have the same experience as me, or they have a different experience in a different area. They worked at another company. So I almost feel like, my network now is even deeper than when yeah. I was at a NetSuite partner because most NetSuite partners are pretty small. Like yeah. the NetSuite ecosystem is still relatively small versus these bigger ERP platforms, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're getting some big uh, companies in the space with mergers and stuff like that, but you still find a fair amount of NetSuite partners that are, you know, hey, we got six people, you got 10 people. Like that's, that, that's the number of consultants. So with that, I mean, you're going to have limitations of what people know and what they've seen, um, but with ODE Cloud, there's how many? 150 plus, right? We're on 62 right now, people. <laughs> okay, 162, right? So I could put something in the Slack channel. And, you know, OSR is really good about like, hey, so-and-so, you might be able to help out here. And you set up a quick little call and, and you work through that. Where in my past life, I would be like, okay, well, uh, maybe so-and-so knows this. I'd go to so-and-so and yeah. they're like, I've never seen that before. I'd probably go to you for that question. And you're like, oh, what do I do now? You know, so... It's, I don't know how to describe that, but it's, it's, um, it's definitely seems like it's easier now. My network is bigger and, um, now it's a lot easier to just find some crowdsource, right? Find somebody else in the community that can help out. Um, because you know, sometimes too, like you might, the person you need to talk to works at another company. It's not yeah. so easy when you work at an SP partner just to call up Someone. the guy that you used to work with on that past project. Cause you know, he knows the answer to that yeah. question. But it's a yeah. little different in, with ODE Cloud because, yeah, we all work at different companies, but I can go to that person and get their get their help on something or bring them in if I need their help. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, this, I mean, this summarizes really well, I think, what we're trying to do here to, uh, to make freelancing a little bit easier to, uh, to, you know, to start on because I think everyone wants to do it. I think the wheel is definitely there. Uh, independence is probably the most important word for most people these days, especially in our, in our industry. So yeah, we try to, I mean, we still have a lot to learn. I wouldn't say we have the perfect 100% uh, solution for making it easier to go freelancing, but we do spend time with you know, people like you, Derek, as all the discussions we've had when, like, when you started thinking about freelancing. I went back again and think we'd have had, okay, 
Derek went through this phase? How do we make it for the next Derek to actually go quicker <laughs> or get that help quicker or actually get the yeah. help from, not from myself or from, from my heart, but actually from someone else in the community? How can we make more champions in the community that can help that process be you know, easier for anyone that wants to freelance? So I think it's really learning from the conversations we're having right now and trying to make it better. And I think we've made good progress in it. So thanks, Derek, for kind of highlighting those things that you appreciate about this. But yeah, we're still learning about what we need to do to make it even better, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had any, uh, any yeah, anything, anything you want to add to that? No, I think I think uh, you guys covered it. I, I uh, before we do conclude, I did have one question for Derek. Um, was it was like uh, I just want to ask, you know, coming over from the partner world and switching over to freelancing, um, it's kind of a two part question. A, do you miss anything about that world that you don't have now? And then, uh, you know, what and what is it that you enjoy now that you didn't have before? Kind of like you know a contrasting perspective, if you will. Um. I actually don't feel like I miss anything. <laughs> <To be honest. laughs> I can't think that's of anything. I'll think about that, but I, I can't think about anything that I really miss. I, I people, you know, obviously I miss people, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I can always pick up the phone and call somebody up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't miss a lot of aspects of, of that at all. Um, cause, cause, cause what I love to do is serving the client, providing good customer service, solving their problems and helping that company move to the next level. That's, that's this. I'm doing the same thing nowadays. It's just I'm more, more on my own. Um, and then um, what I love about being on my own is I can still do all the stuff I just mentioned, um, but I have a lot more freedom to, um, I really wanted some time, time freedom, I call it, where you have flexibility of making your own schedule and, and uh, fitting in things as you need to fit them in with your bandwidth and with family and, and just things going on. And, you know, you can't always get that when you work, when you're an employee, when you work for somebody else, right? Because they, you, you're, I mean, when you, when you're an employee, you're pretty much just like, here's my allocation of time. You're giving them your time every single day. Um, and the thing is too, like on your own, I have more flexibility on who I want to work with. Um, I can be somewhat picky on my customers, right? I can go, maybe we're not a fit, you know, like this is how, this is my style. This is how I do it. Um, and you know, sometimes it's not a fit for everybody. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the NetSuite world's pretty big, you know, it's not one size fits all. Um, so I can be picky on the clients that I work with and, you know, they can also be kind of picky on working with me because maybe they, you know, I'm not exactly what they want or I'm exactly what they're looking for. Right. So I think that time freedom is really important, but I can also be, um, selective on what, what I'm working on. And I think that right there. Uh, it's a big improvement from what I had before because we, you know, it, it, we're getting an SV partner. I'm an employee of the company. I mean, I'm working on what they give me to work on and that's, that's, that's my workload. So. Yeah. Appreciate that. Odd. Is that. That's it. Yeah. I think that's, uh, <laughs> no, it, it is, it is. No, I do appreciate it. And I think, um, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm in line with that, uh, with that response. I just thought it would be interesting to, to get uh, Derek's perspective on this, but uh, I think uh, we're good. So uh, what about when, you guys? What, what, how would you guys answer those two questions? Think about, go back like a couple of years. How would you guys answer that question? Um, uh, yeah, this is more recent for you, so go ahead. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, in terms of if I, if I miss anything, I, I've, I've got to agree I, I, I don't at this point because I, I do think that 
you have a lot more flexibility and control over not only choosing the projects you want to work on or the work you want to work on, uh, but how much you want to take on. And I haven't had any issues with respect to finding work. There's always more work that needs to be done. Uh, and, and part of the reason is not because, you know, NetSuite is not just, hey, I'm going to do this and, and boom, I'm out. Um, a company is always like good companies these days to remain com competitive are changing their, their technological infrastructure constantly. You know, yeah. whether they're preparing for an IPO, whether they're, um, you know, acquiring uh, other companies and, and growing their business and then migrating the processes over to NetSuite. Uh, or building uh, dashboards and utilizing or KP KPIs and utilizing more functionality in NetSuite or integration and so on and so forth. There's always something that's going to be happening at majority of these companies. It's never just, you know, I'm going to install this and then I'm just going to use it as is for the next 10, 15 years. Um, although there are, I'm sure, clients that are doing that, for the most part, there, you know, there's just a pretty um, heavy demand that I've seen. So, um, but what I do think, um, you know, freelancing is starting to provide now, and that's our goal with, with OD Cloud as a platform is that stability, right? So having people not worry about where the work's going to come from, we'll find that, you know, just do a good job, focus on what you have to do. And we'll make sure based on your performance that, and based on your, your interests and expertise, that the next project, you know, is is lined up and ready to go. And, uh, um, you know, and even in between, if there's a break or anything like that, you know, feel free to time that with a vacation or something, you know, take some time off. Uh, it's, that's the whole benefit of it. And you'll be earning more working less. So I just think that there's so many benefits. It's just, we just need to communicate that to other people so they can see the other side because everyone, you know, the way we're brought up, whether it be, uh, you know, it's always like we need to, um, study, get straight A's, go to college and then find a full-time job, right? It's never about, hey, you know, or, or launching your, your own business seems such, like such a daunting task, but there's hundreds or thousands of small businesses and freelancing is essentially yeah, yeah. you running your own small business. Um, so I think that's where we, that's where the paradigm shift is headed. And with, uh, with COVID-19 in play, um, uh, you know, and, and a shift to more remote, like companies that were never remote before are, are remote, had to implement a remote infrastructure to keep up with the times, right? Or they would stagnate uh, due to COVID. So I do see this. I think the statistic that we read, uh, Ozar, was something like 70% moving into uh, uh, freelancing over the next maybe three to five years. So um, more, than, more than 50%. More than 50%. Yeah. yeah. And 75% of businesses are actually willing to work with freelancers. So exactly, exactly. Because of the flexibility, right? Because of yeah. Uh, being able to switch uh, uh, switch resources in and out very quickly and easily based on project needs and changing priorities because you know one month you're focused on one thing the next month you know so, uh, something may change uh, very rapidly and and um, companies need to be able to adapt um, so that's that's my perspective on it Ozar did you want to close yeah off I mean yeah. yeah so just to kind of close off here so I don't miss anything at all even if I was working for one of the best uh, consultant I mean best the largest consulting company in the world Deloitte. I had a good time there. I learned a ton of stuff. And that's one thing I actually did you know, thank them for, for, for giving me that level of expertise. But again, at some point, I felt I've done enough with them. Uh, nothing else was really kind of getting me back, giving me value there. So I don't miss anything on that perspective. What I do enjoy about my, fact, my, you know, my move to freelancing and independent uh, worker was 
in addition to what you guys said, everything that you said, Derek, is all true. Choosing my clients, managing my time. That's, that's very true for me as well. In addition to that is my network. I think if you just count the numbers, I'd, when I was working for Deloitte, my network on LinkedIn, just take one you know, very factual uh, number, a true number here. My network on LinkedIn was probably 500, 400. Since I started working as a freelancer, I kind of started my own venture. I think I'm right now probably 5,000-ish contacts on LinkedIn. Yeah, you can call that, you know, network quickly built or whatever that is. But those are people that connected with me because they saw what I was doing. I yeah. connected with them. And who knows, tomorrow, maybe this venture may take me somewhere else. These are people that I'm connected to directly on my professional network. So from 500, and I, you, don't, you don't get that urge to build a network when you're working as a, with, with a partner. Because yeah. you're just constantly going from project to project. And you never have time to think, okay, what about my network as a professional? Do I have one for myself? Right. So that for me was kind of key, growing my own network of professionals that I know I can reach out to for anything. If tomorrow my career path takes me somewhere else, I have people in my network that can actually guide me through that process as well. So yeah, I think that's what I would have. That's a really good uh, point. I've noticed that change a lot. And since I've been doing it, my network has grown. People hit me up all the time now. I'm like, but they go, they find me actually. Yeah, yeah. Because you just and, say, you know, uh, I'm available for work or I'm doing my own thing. You, you just kind of stand out as your own individual. People are more eager to reach out to you as opposed to employee of some of something. Yeah. yeah I think that's been the difference. Right? Yeah. I actually had um once we turn up once we wrap up, I had a question for you guys not related to the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, so I think yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up pretty pretty well yeah. uh, on this question I had. Yeah. No, absolutely. Agreed. Um all right. All right. So that concludes our session today. Um, Thank you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys joining. And then um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll chat again next week. So sounds good. Sounds good. All right.